Psalms 137 and verse number 1. The Bible said, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of, of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray this morning, God, that you would give us liberty this morning. Lord, I want to be sensitive and obedient to the Spirit of God. I don't want to say or do anything that would grieve you this morning. Father, I pray that you'll speak to every heart. Save the lost, reclaim the backslid. I pray that you get glory and honor. Lord, I pray that you'd be exalted in our midst. God, I ask that you'd be pleased with our worship. Help us to have ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church this morning. God, I pray that we'd be sensitive and obedient to do whatever the Spirit of God would bid us to do this morning. And Father, for what you do in this service, we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. For we do love you and we ask it in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to think with me about one thought in this text this morning. As the psalmist here is writing, he's thinking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem was in ruins. The temple was destroyed. And it very well may be that he's back in his own land viewing the ruins of, of what has taken place during the terrible desolation and destruction that, that Israel faced during those times of captivity uh, whenever Nebuchadnezzar slipped through and took the land captive. Here in this psalm, he is reflecting upon that time. And he He's thinking about Israel in a time when they just basically quit on God. I want to tell you, God had been good to them. God had blessed them and God had even promised them that they would conquer their enemies, that they could take the land of Canaan, that they could live a victorious life. You know, the same thing is true in the life of us that are saved this morning. God has promised us victory. God has promised us that we can overcome this world through Him. 1 John 5 and verse number 4 said, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. We don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to live in discouragement. We don't have to live in despondence this morning. As the children of God, we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. The Bible even says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. I'm glad I serve a Jesus, a God this morning that knows how to give me joy. He knows how to get us above the circumstances of life. He knows how to help us rise above uh, the things that we face in this life. Uh, and even in the midst of sorrow, he has promised to be the lily of our valley, the rose of Sharon. Uh, he's promised to give a song in the night. Uh, he's promised to be a rock in a weary land. Uh, he's everything that I ever needed him to be and so much more. Amen. Uh, David said he's my buckler. He's my shield. Uh, he's my strong and mighty tower. In Psalms 40. 
36, he said, God is our very refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. Amen. That's the God that we serve this morning. And what I'm submitting to us today is that Israel had absolutely no reason to quit. Amen. But when you come to our text this morning, you find that that's exactly what they did. They quit on God. You know, there's been some times in life that the devil will come and try to get you to quit. Now, if you're somebody that you want to quit every week, you need to grow up. Amen. There's some people, that's their song. Always discouraged. Always going to quit. Always going to throw in the towel. But I'm telling you at the best, even as long as we serve God, there's going to be times when the devil's going to come and he's going to tempt you to quit this morning. And in this text, that's what they do. And their quitting in this text is seen, number one, by their sitting. Notice verse number one. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. I'm going to tell you when people quit is when they sit down. You see, God wants us moving. God wants us working. God wants us doing something for him. There's no sitting place in the service of God. God did not save us to sit. Can I get an amen right there? He saved us to serve. I don't care if you're a young person, middle-aged, or elderly person this morning. There's a work for all to do. There's a field. There's a harvest. There's a place to serve. And you and I cannot afford to sit down. We cannot. Brother Cape used to say it all the time. But listen, he said, I've not tired, I've just refired, amen and he had a desire to serve God until his dying breath and he never sat down, you may slow down physically, you may have to sit down physically, but that doesn't mean you gotta sit down spiritually amen, you can keep on pressing on, press on child of God for it'll not be long, but when you backslide, you sit down you stop doing the things you used to do, you start making excuses as to why you can't serve God you start letting other things come into your life. That's what happened here. And their quitting is known by their sitting. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, you want to quit? Just sit. Amen. And you will quit if you sit. The Bible said by the rivers of Babylon there, we sit down. Their quitting is seen by their sitting. And then their quitting is seen by their silence. Notice the Bible said in verse number two that we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. I'm telling you what they did was they stopped praying in God when they quit. I'm telling you, when people quit on God, they lose their song. They lose their joy. They lose, uh, listen, their melody. They lose that victory. Amen. They're, they may still be coming to church, uh, but they quit saying amen. They quit testifying. They quit raising their hand. They quit praising God. I want to say this morning, I don't want to quit praising God. I don't want to get to the place where I become silent. I don't want our church to become a funeral parlor. I don't want it to become a more I don't want it to come where we just come in and we sit and we look at each other and there's no amens and there's no hallelujahs the world will say and even some liberals will say well that's just a bunch of emotionalism I say leave us alone it's worked since 1961 I'm telling you you can find a dead church anywhere you want to but I want to go somewhere where there's some life and there's some liberty and there's some love and there's the Lord and people still pray Praise God. I don't want to become silent. Amen. I tell you, when you quit on God, you get silent, don't you? And their quitting is seen in their sitting and it's seen in their silence. And I just saw this. I'm going to give it to you as I get it. Amen, son. And listen, it's seen in their sorrow. Look at verse one again. Yea, we wept 
I want to tell you, when you quit on God, you're going to have sorrow. These are not just tears in this verse. But let's describe these tears this morning. These are tears of remembrance uh, and they're tears of regret this morning. I'm glad God worked in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. But the God of yesterday is the God of today and he'll be the God of tomorrow and we can't live our life living in the past. We can look back to the past. We can learn from the past but we can't live in the past. The God that moved in is the God that moves right now. Amen. I'm telling you a church dies listen when all they can remember is the past. We're not to forget our heritage. We're not to forget our past. But I'm telling you, we've got to press on this morning. We've got to believe God for something in 2022. We've got to move on and let God do something now. Hey, he is the God of yesterday, but he's the God of now. I'm telling you, when you quit, you'll have much sorrow. Amen. In fact, before people actually quit, their joy is the first thing that goes. I may lose my health. I may lose my mobility. I may lose my, my memory. I may lose my hearing. I may lose my, I may lose my mind. But God help me this morning. I don't want to lose my joy. I've witnessed people in the nursing homes, in the hospitals, even by their own bedside in their home when their body was failing and feeble and frail and everything was falling apart and they were in the walking years of their life in the final stretch. They couldn't do what they once did. They couldn't go on like they used to go on. They didn't have what they used to have. But I'll tell you what, my friend, in spite of all that, they still had their joy. They still had their song. They didn't let sorrow overtake them. They didn't live their life in defeat. I'm telling you, when you quit, it's seen by your city. It's seen by your sorrow. You lose that joy. It's seen by your song. You lose that song. And then notice this, it's seen by their slavery this morning. What's wrong with them? Look at verse 3. For there they carried us away captive. Required of us a song. You know the problem with them here, and I'm getting to my fault, is that They quit because they became captive. Now when you let the world, Babylon means confusion, when you let the things of the world take you captive, you'll quit on God. You may still go to church. You may still tell the King James Bible. You might even still sing in the choir or even worse, you might still preach. But you quit because something else has captivated your heart. Something else has consumed your life. Something else is motivating you and pushing you. And, and now church is just something you do on the side or it's something you do out of obligation. If I don't show up, preacher's going to wonder where I'm at. If I don't show up, the Sunday school teacher's going to wonder where I'm at. I'm telling you, a lot of people quit before they ever really quit. You know that? I'm telling you, they let the things of this world take them captive. You know the things of this world will never bring lasting peace. It'll never bring happiness. It'll never bring joy. It can never give freedom. But I'll tell you, if you live for God, you can live free. If you put God first in your life, you can live free. You can enjoy the blessings of God and the goodness of God without a guilty conscience, amen, without looking over your shoulder everywhere you have to go, without wondering what's going to come to the surface. You can live free and you can live and have joy if you don't quit this morning. 
It's seen in their captivity. It's seen or in their slavery. It's seen in their sarcasm. Look what he said in verse, what they said in verse 4. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They've quit on God. How are we going to do? They want, the heathen wants us to sing a song, but we've hung our harps on the willows. That sounds like people that quit singing in the choir to me. Amen. They just hung their harps up on the willows and quit going to the choir. You know what? Listen, they did that. They said, we can't sing the Lord's song in a strange land. I'm going to tell you the greatest testimony they could have ever been is if those Jews, no telling how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of them there was, they could have took those harps off those willows and they could have sung a song that would have shook the very foundation of Babylon that would have stood as a witness even in the midst of their captivity but the sarcasm is this how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land you see when you quit you lose that song when you quit you lose that joy when you quit you lose that desire this morning what I'm preaching on is not quitting I want to preach on how to keep from quitting amen I gave you all that this morning that's about half of the sermon if not more. I want to give you something here this morning. You can take the house and be a help to you on how to keep from quitting. Amen. I'm telling you, I want to finish right, don't you? I want to run my course with joy. I want to finish this thing to the very end. I don't want to be a has-been. I don't want to be on the sideline. I don't want to be a castaway this morning. I tell you, I want to keep on serving God until the last breath that leaves my body. Don't you want to serve him till the very end? I don't want to quit this morning. I don't want to quit. I realize I could quit this morning. I realize that better Christians, better preachers, better people than I have quit. And this morning, when someone quits, it does not make me feel stronger. It brings fear. Because anybody in this building this morning, including your pastor, could quit. We'll get to the end of the way and we'll not say that I made it in my own strength, but I made it by grace. And by the grace of God this morning, I don't want to quit. And when I define the word quit, I think you'll see this morning what I'm saying. You say, preacher, how do you keep from quitting? I want to say, number one, if you'll look with me in verse number five, how to keep from quitting is by praising. He said, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. You know what Jerusalem was? It was that place of worship. When a Jew talked about Jerusalem, they're talking about that place where they went to to worship. They would go there for sacrifice. They would go there to worship God. That's what Jerusalem represented. It represented the city of God, the place of worship where God had chose to put his name. You know what the house of God represents this morning? That place of worship, amen? Now I'll tell you, when we come to church, we enter to worship and we leave to serve. Isn't that right? And we come to the house of God. We have to serve. We come to praise him. We come to magnify. 
magnify him. You know how you praise God this morning? You praise him on purpose, amen? You praise him with the right motive. You've got to come ready to worship, amen? You've got to come ready to get in, not get out. Too many churches are interested uh, when this thing is over with uh, rather than looking for when it's going to get started, amen? I'm telling you, we come to church to get in. I don't want to stay if God's not here, but I don't want to be bound by time. I don't want to be bound by a program. I don't want to be bound by a schedule. I'm telling you, when we come to the house of God, we ought to have order. Everything ought to be decent and in order, but it ought to be seasoned with the Spirit and the presence of God. And when God wants to do something, amen, we ought to let him have his way. Amen. Now, I don't believe God's in everything that people says it's in. Can I get a witness right there? I'm telling you, sometimes that God gets blamed for more things than anybody on earth. You know that. People say, well, God gave me that song. When they get through singing, I think, no, God didn't give you that song. Because the words of that song are not scriptural. Or somebody said, well, God gave me that song. No, if he did, he sure didn't give you the melody. I can tell you that much. Somebody say amen. Because it sounds like something that ought to be sung in a honky-tonk or something that ought to be sounded at a concert, amen? But that isn't a song, God. They're not singing that song in heaven, amen? And then sometimes I, I like testifying, you know that. But sometimes I hear testimonies and thank God people here know how to testify and I appreciate that. But listen, sometimes you'll get places and I've heard some here in the past, uh, you'll hear a testimony. You know God's not in that, amen? You say, how do you know God's not in it? Well, when I talk about the flesh, when you talk about yourself. Uh, uh, God's never in that. Can I get an amen? I'm not saying you can't refer to something, but when your testimony is more about you than it is him, then it's not about him this morning. I'm telling you, listen, when you give uh, credence to the devil and you brag on the devil, I'm telling you, if God saved you from a life of sin, don't get up and glorify that sin. Don't get up and magnify and relish in what you used to be. You can get up and say, I was a sinner. I lived a wicked life. Uh, I, listen, it's alright to say that, but we don't need all the gory details. Somebody say man. These young people don't need to hear all that. I'm telling you some people are more excited about what they used to be than what they are going to be. Amen. I'm telling you this morning that God's not in those kind of testimonies. When you get up and you're mad, God's not in it. Amen. Thank God nobody testifies mad. But if you're mad, God's not in it. I'm just saying this morning praise ought to give him glory and praise ought to magnify him his name. The Bible said to let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I believe, my friend, if you want to keep from quitting, you've got to give God the praise. Hallelujah. Down at the house of God. There ought to be an attitude of gratitude when we come to church. Don't come to church mad. Don't come to church ill-tempered. Don't come to church out of sort. Don't come to church short-fused. Uh, if you're like that this morning, you're backslid. Uh, you need to get right with God, amen? And God will help you. Ask God to sweeten your spirit, amen? Don't come to church with a critical spirit, uh, looking down your nose at everybody and trying to find fault with somebody. Put yourself under the microscope and ask God to show you your sins and your faults and your failures. Uh, I'm to do the same, as I preach to you this morning I don't want to look down my nose and feel like I'm on a different plateau I'm telling you the ground is level at the foot of the cross this morning and if God's going to get glory we cannot magnify the flesh that's why this is not a stage and we're not performing is that right this morning and listen I'm not a pulpiteer somebody said that one day I said a pulpiteer God didn't call me 
to be a pulpiteer. I had to go look it up and see what it meant. We attach we attach way too many names that are not in that book. I ain't no pulpiteer. I'm a preacher. And I'm not much of a preacher, but I know I'm a preacher this morning. I know God called me to preach. And I don't have to be the best preacher. You don't have to be the best preacher. You don't have to be the best singer. You don't have to be the best teacher. We got to keep ego out of this. We got to keep the flesh out of it. Y'all with me this morning? I'm talking about God needs the praise. God needs the glory this morning. You know how to keep from quitting, amen? Make sure he always gets all the glory. Make sure he gets all the praise. You make much of him and nothing of yourself. You live him up. He said, and I be, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I'm telling you, there's nothing sweeter than when somebody sings and they want to praise God. Listen, there's nothing better when somebody testifies and it's all about Jesus. Amen. I'm talking about how to keep from quitting is you got to keep praising. Amen. You see, if the devil can ever get your shout or get your praise or get your testimony, or get your joy. Everybody don't have to praise God the same way. That don't make me nervous. I've been places where pressure was put on, and I don't like that. I feel like I'm preaching to the wall, but I'm just going to put her in a lower gear this morning. No, we're not all the same today. And thank God it's not a, listen, uh, listen, you, you, you know, everybody, some people cry, some people shout, some people testify, some people are quiet, but they got a good testimony and they witness and, and, and they'll, they'll stand up and they, they'll say something, but they're not going to get as emotional as somebody else. That's all right. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, you can praise God, but it, the way that God wants you to be. But I'm saying this morning that if you're going to magnify God, you got to get past the flesh. Amen. You got to get over your flesh. Amen. You've got to worship God and praise God with your lips. Amen. Worship is inward. Praise is outward. You know how to keep from prayer, keep from quitting. You got to keep on praising God. Depression is real this morning, isn't it? And I'm not beating up on anybody that's been through that valley. I've been through it myself. And I know the reality of it. And I understand it. There's different levels and people handle it differently this morning. I got a friend whose wife is in heaven now that one day she put a pistol up under in the roof of her mouth and she was about to pull the trigger and he came through the door and he stopped her. And for over 25 years she had to take medication because of the shape that she was in. I'm not critical of people that have to take medicine for certain things. But I will say this. Not everybody needs a pill. Don't get mad at me because I said that this morning. There's a, we live in a society that you can get a pill for anything you need. And I'm convinced some things are physical, some things are mental, and some things are spiritual, and some things are all of the above. But I'll tell you what will help you to keep from losing your mind. What will help you to get you out of the pit of depression is to just praise God. You see, worship does not demand a response from God. It's not, well, let's go to church and, and Brother Wilson, let's go to church and, well, I hope God shows up. Now, that's not the way that works. I hope he shows up too. But we don't believe in mysticism. 
We don't believe in, 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 in emotionalism. We, we have emotions, but, but we don't believe in emotionalism. No, I'll tell you what happens. The Bible says, the Bible says that God inhabits, he dwells, he lives. God inhabits the praise of his people. I'm telling you, if we go to church with an attitude of gratitude, if we go to church with a mind of worship, if we go to church with, uh, to, uh, and we determine we're going to praise God, we're going to sing with all of our heart, the preacher's going to preach with all of his mind, the testifiers are going to testify and be obedient and glorify God. You never have to worry about God showing up because that's what he's looking for. The Father seeketh such to worship him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm just giving you Bible this morning. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm not telling you what have just been set down through the years. I'm telling you, God's combing this countryside today and he's looking for a people and he's looking for a place where they'll magnify his name. Now you gotta live right and you gotta live clean and you gotta be holy. But God's looking for a place where people will praise him. And if you'll praise God, guess what? He will show up, amen. Show up. You say how to keep from quitting. Get up every day and spend your day praising God. Have you thanked him? Have you praised him? I'm going to ask you one question. I've got to move on. When people are around you, what kind of spirit do you leave when you leave? You know, there's some people you can be around and when they're gone, listen, I don't believe in suicide or whiskey, but they can about drive you to both. Amen. Because they never got nothing good to say. I'm telling you, the sun can be shining bright outside. You can ask them, well, well, it's a good day outside. Yeah, but I think it may rain tomorrow. I don't want to hear that. Y'all with me this morning? Yeah, but you better not stand out it too long. You might get a sunburn. I mean, come on. Can we not be happy about something? Some people's always walking around with a cloud to put over your head. They're always a Debbie Downer. They're always, you know, they're always, I don't know, you know, they're always a blue bob, amen. I mean, they can't smile about nothing. They can't even praise God without starting out without something that's just gonna push you down in a pit. I'm talking about this morning, God is worthy to be praised. You say, preacher, don't you get depressed? Sure I do. Don't you get discouraged? Sure I do. Don't you have days of blue and complain sure I do but the Holy Ghost reminds me every time I complain son you got it better today than you've ever had it in all your life I've been good to you and you don't have any reason to sit around and do nothing else but give me glory for how good I've been in your life hallelujah he's worthy how to keep from quitting just praise him you'll have to learn him how to praise him in the bad times as well as in the good. I'll tell you how to keep from quitting, not only by praising, but by praying. Remember, verse 7, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem. He's praying. He's crying out to God who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation there. Preacher, how to keep from quitting? You better spend some time in prayer. Better get you a closet somewhere. You better get along with God. You better get a hold of the horns of the altar. You better find a place to pray. Listen, people come oftentimes and say, I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that and I understand we all struggle. But the first question that I must ask myself and the first question you need to ask yourself when I'm struggling is how is my prayer life? I tell you this morning, never been a day in my Christian life, not one day that I felt like I prayed enough. 
And to a certain level, we all would have to raise our hand this morning and say, well, I need to spend more time in praying. Now, isn't that true? But there's a difference in that and just not meeting with God. Can I tell you this morning, the devil will say, well, if you pray, you'll fail, and you will. But you know what that throne is? It's a throne of mercy. It's a throne of grace this morning. I'm so glad there's mercy and grace at the throne. Because the devil will walk with you all the way up to the very entrance of that throne room. He'll give you a hundred reasons why you don't need to pray. Well, you're sorry you've done this and you've done that and you hadn't done this and you hadn't done that and you failed here and you failed there and you've messed up here and you've messed up there and he'll give you every reason. Well, God ain't going to hear your prayer. You know how low down and sorry you are and you made this promise and you didn't keep it and you made that. Has the devil ever told you anything like that? You know why he's telling you that? He's trying to keep you out of that throne room. Amen. I'll tell you, sometimes he'll get on your back. What you all do, just run to the throne room. Amen. And follow at the very throne of grace and say God the devil's already reminded me of every shortcoming and failure I got and he's right about it but you've got a throne of grace and you said I could come and find the grace to help in time of need I'm telling you God don't answer my prayer based on Mary it's not because I pray enough it's not because I'm a great man of prayer he answers it based on mercy because he's good he's merciful I'm telling you if I was to get in the throne room on myself I'd never get in. But the door is wide open this morning. You've got a Bible reason. You've got a Bible right to pray. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something. I just, woo, praise God. I wanna get it out. Praise God. Woo, bless his name. He'd have put something in my soul to help me. Woo. Bless his name. Praise God. I'm trying to tell you this morning, but whoa, it's good. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Brother Laddie, what helps me is where I come up short and where I fail in all things. There's one sitting beside him on my behalf. He never comes up short. He's never failed. Where I didn't please him and where I failed to please him, I thank God he does always please him this morning. Hallelujah. Woo. Hey, and I'm not praying this morning because of anything I've done. I'm praying this morning because of what he did. Child of God, pray on. You know, when my girls was coming up, and it's still true today, they could come up to me and, uh, you know, if they just approached me the right way, they could just about rob me blind. Now, their mother, I was a little sharper. But, I mean, they played me like a fiddle a lot of times. I wore their tails out growing up. I believe in spanking somebody, or whipping, not spanking. Spanking don't do nothing to make a child mad, but if you'll wear their backside out, thank God, they're, they're doing that. Save their soul from hell. That's another sermon for another day. But I will tell you this, and don't talk to them. It just annoys me, amen. But, well, I know what I was going to say. But they'd come up and, they put that arm around you, and they'd start talking to you. And Brother Laddie, I knew what they were doing, but I liked it. <laughs> Amen. 
I wanted to hear them say all them things that are not true about me. Oh, you're the best daddy in the whole wide world. We love you so much, and, and, and you never do nothing wrong. And Boy, they'd tell me all that stuff, you know, and the whole time, you know, they're reaching in my back pocket while they're doing that. I'm just kidding. But I wanted to hear it. And if you was to ask me, did they, did they do everything right? Oh, no. I mean, they, we, I mean I, I've literally, and they were good girls, but I've literally whipped them until I was tired. Amen. I remember one of them, I whipped them every single day the first week of school. And on Friday, I, I set them down and I said, listen, are you tired of this? I said, because I'm sick of it. I said, but we'll do it 181 days if that's what it's going to take. I said, because I'm not breaking. Amen. No, they weren't perfect. And neither am I. Love covers a multitude of sins. God will never tell you your sin is okay. And God will always let us reap the consequences of the sins and the seeds we have sown. But I tell you, there's times he should have took me to the woodshed. He took me to the table. There's times he should have licked me. But instead he pulled me up and he just loved me. And I'm telling you this morning, there ain't a person here can stand on your own. I'd, I'd have thrown in a towel years ago. I'd have never made it. But God, thank God for them little old weak prayers that nobody wants to hear. No pretty words, no, no long prayers, but they're, they're, they're desperate prayers. They're sincere prayers. God, I need you. Lord, help me. God, oh, Lord, I'm a failure. God, please. God, will you do something in my life? That's what he's waiting for. That's how you keep from quitting praying, praising. Then let me say this. Persevering. He said in verse number 8, O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stone. You know what the psalmist is doing in verse 8 and 9? He's standing in Jerusalem looking at all the rubble and all the unfinished work. And he sees everything that's not been accomplished that should have already been. And he remembers what it used to be. And he remembers what they've been through, the captivity. And he remembers the enemy, Babylon, the great. But he perseveres and he said, there's a day coming when God is going to do away with the enemy. And I'll tell you what we're doing in these last days. We're pressing on. I'll tell you why I don't want to quit. Because there is coming a day when God's going to destroy the enemy. You realize there is a land fairer than day. And by faith, by faith, we shall see it afar. The Father, He looks over the way to prepare as a dwelling place there. I tell you, there's a heaven this morning. And it's as real today as it was the day I got saved. I don't know when I'm going to see the walls of jasper and the gates of pearl and the street of gold and the face of Jesus. But I know as sure as I'm standing here, these 30-something years of being saved, one step at a time, I've got closer to home. Amen. One step at a time, I've got further from where I used to be to where I'm going.
Heaven is going to be worth it all. I'm telling you, there's been some hilltops. There's been some valleys. There's been some battles. There's been some blunders. I've, I've risen and I've fallen more times than I ever care to tell. But I'll tell you, I'm just going to keep on getting up. You know why? Because one of these days, praise God, I will have went the last mile of the way. I will have crossed the last river. I will have went over the last hilltop. I will have went through the last valley. I will have faced the last storm. And just over yonder, thank God uh, on the hills of glory on the sunny banks of sweet deliverance uh, I plan to put my feet uh, on heaven's bright shore one day uh, and walk into a land uh, where there is no devil where there is no storm clouds uh, where there is no heartaches uh, where I'll never falter again uh, where I'll never fall again uh, I'll never be another disappointing day uh, I'll never have to say God I'm sorry again uh, I'll tell you what I plan on doing praise God I I plan on keep on keeping on. I plan on pressing on. I plan on preaching on. I plan on praising God. I plan on just keep on and keep on going. Hallelujah. Woo! I tell you, I hope I can still run when I'm 85. I hope I can still preach at 85. I hope I can still just keep on, keep it on. But I tell you, if I can't do nothing, but somebody push me in and let me sit on a pew or beside a pew in a chair, I want to press on, don't you? I don't want to burn out. I don't want to blow out. I don't want to rest out. I tell you, I just want to keep on. I keep it on for God in these last days. Don't you want to just keep on going? I do not want to quit. And I can't help but believe this morning God got me up this morning and laid that thought on my heart. And I know it's not an accident this morning. Probably somebody sitting here right now, you're either thinking about it or you already have. Have you lost your mind? You know if you quit, your life's going to spin out of control. You may go home early in this world if you quit. And God, after all God has done for you, you're going to quit. You know, I I want to make a statement the Lord put in my heart, but I'm careful and fearful. I realize this morning there's things I've not faced and the battle could... And I remember one night probably about 3 o'clock in the morning. Boy, the devil had me in a vice. I remember thinking that as I walked down the hallway of my home. I'm in a vice. And I think it was Satan who spoke to me. You're in a vice. And you're never getting out of this one. Brother Laddie, you know what I did? I went in my den and I fell on my knees. And I said, oh God... I looked up to the ceiling. I said, will you please help me? Please help me. Help me, God. And I tell you, the moment, that very moment, God dropped a verse in my heart out of the book of Isaiah. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And I'm going to tell you, God brought me out of that. And I pray to God to never have to walk that 
that road again. But having said that, I've never thought about quitting. It doesn't mean I can't. And it doesn't mean I'm real spiritual. But can I be honest with you this morning? I don't have anything to go back to this morning. And neither do you. Everything I have in my life, from my wife to my children, to any little old bitty thing in my house, that don't even mean anything. Everything, the clothes on my back, the shoes on my feet, everything I have, God, He gave it to me. He didn't have to give me anything. And if He takes it all away today, I couldn't quit. He gave it all to me anyway. It's not even mine this morning. It all belongs to Him.